and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited about our show today because we are going to be talking about angels. And it's one of my favorite things that I love to talk about. I love working with angelic energy. I know that I've shared a lot about my angelic uh, therapy training with you guys that I've gone through a few years ago. And I work with the angels constantly in my Reiki practice with my clients. So I am so excited to introduce to you Corinne Grillo. She is the author of The Angel Experiment and founder founder of the Angel Alchemy Academy. She's a trained psychotherapist, angel channel, healer, and teacher. And she has helped thousands of people, including me, all over the world, go from angel curious to angel powered. And she lives in Northern California. So Corinne, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Oh, wow. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah. So here's a funny story with your book. Um, I received your book and, you know, started reading it. I went to your Facebook page. I joined everything that you had, basically. And then I invited my best friend and my cousin to your Facebook group. So my cousin wasn't even aware that I was going to be speaking to you or that I already had your book or whatever. And she somehow, she's not totally like savvy when it comes to social media or whatever, but she found herself in this angel group and she started (laughs) following you as well. So I go down to her house. This was um, maybe about two weeks after I had received your book. And she's like, I have a gift for for you. And this is something that we're going to do together. And I'm like, okay, sure. This is great. I love getting gifts. I open up the gift and it's your book. And I start dying laughing. I'm like, okay, clearly angels, I have to do the experiments. I hear you loud and clear. So I start laughing and letting her know like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be interviewing this woman. She's like, no way. She goes, I had no idea how I ended up in this group. I'm like, I invited you to the group. So we teamed up and we did it together. And it's actually kind of nice that our schedules kind of crossed a little bit. We had to cancel and reschedule this a little bit because it allowed me to get through the tw- the full 21 day experiment and I just absolutely oh. loved it so um, so your book came to me twice I gifted uh, one of the books to somebody else who loves to work with the angels and uh, yeah so I would love to hear a little wow. bit more about you know how you got involved in the angelic kingdom and why you're so drawn to it yourself yeah well um yeah, what a story. I I uh, definitely wasn't born with the angel spoon in my mouth, you know. It's not not there's some people who uh some channels and mediums that grow up seeing dead people or grow up seeing angels and I would definitely was not one of those people. Um mostly I struggled in my life, you know, I struggled a lot, had a pretty rough childhood and uh experienced a lot of depression and there's a lot of close calls there for the first few decades of my life and and uh one day uh, a friend of mine bought me an angel healing and angel reading and this is when um i was doing a lot of psychotherapy and rescuing kids off the street and in gang territories in los angeles and so it was a really really difficult period in my life at that time i mean i was maybe drinking a fifth of tequila every two days 
um, taking a lot of prescription medications like antidepressants plus Adderall plus whatever else I could get my hands on. Um, and you know, the irony is that I was a psychotherapist, right? So, you know, put, put those two things together. So, so yeah, I, um, I was just having a rough go and a friend bought me an angel healing. I didn't know what that was and I didn't really have a belief system about angels. I mean, I thought it was plausible and I've always kind of been somewhat into spirituality, but, but the whole angel thing, you know, you just think of them, you know, from the Bible, not necessarily as beings that are right there, right here waiting to intercede. So, um, so I went to this thing, just thinking I was going to the average psychic and this woman totally blew my mind. And she started, um, dropping down some wisdom that she shouldn't know about that. I didn't even want to talk about (laughs) it's a secret. Don't say that, you know? (laughs) So, uh, definitely I felt like there was a presence in the room and then she moved into the healing portion of the of the session and i could start feeling the energy moving right away um and uh i just felt lighter brighter and as and by the end of that session i felt you know 50 pounds lighter i felt a like if there was a ray of hope in something i mean it was uh really the first time in years and years and years that i felt lifted and she said one thing to me when I was leaving. She said, talk to the angels as if they're real and then see what happens. So that's what I did. And uh, and let me just say, like, my mind started getting blown right away. And and then um, eventually that led into witnessing an, an, uh, a legitimate bona fide miracle. And that's what really made me go, okay, I am not making this up. This is real. And I need to learn everything I I can about, about angels. And was the miracle just how you felt after that session or was is there more? Oh yeah, no, there, there's more of the miracle. That was like pretty good, right. That I felt better to me. I would, I would have settled for that because that was amazing. Um, but as I started talking to angels, I'd be driving around LA and talking to them, and and uh, all of a sudden, all these angel, angel synchronicities would would start happening. Like you know, I'm saying, "Angels, show me that you're real," and then I see this laundry truck drive by called Angels Laundry Service with angel wings on it, uh, or uh, license plates with the word "angel" in it, uh, billboards. I mean, it was just like Angel City, right? And, and so that caught my attention and that was super fun. And again, like I, I felt like I was doing some healing work, like just by calling on them, I was continuing to feel even lighter and lighter. Um, but the actual miracle that, that changed, that was the real game changer for me was when I was driving through the streets of LA in a really downtrodden neighborhood, going to a client's house. And, uh, as I was driving through this residential street, broad daylight, a bird dropped from the sky and kind of landed and bounced right in front of my car. Like just, it, it was really bizarre. And so I, I didn't know what to do. So I, you know, hit the brakes. I thought about it for a second. Like, should I get out of the car? Should I not get it? You know, what do I do? So I drove around the car, I drove around the bird and, you know, I didn't want to get out because it's a dangerous neighborhood, you know, to just be cruising around, checking out a bird on the street, you know? <laughs> so, so I, I just decided to stay in the car, seatbelt on and, uh, slowly drove around it and used my new trick, which was talking to angels. So I asked the angels to take this bird out of its suffering. And, um, and then I kept driving around slowly, continuing to send it good juju. And when I looked in the rear view mirror, 
the bird started uh, kind of shimmying, doing a little wiggle on the ground. And so I stopped the car and kept looking. And as I watched, a tiny bird jumped up from the body of that bigger bird. It was more pigeon size. Um, and so the tiny bird's bird was like about two or three inches tall. It flew, it jumped up out of the body, flew away. Then a second one did the exact same thing. And I'm just watching it as it's kind of doing this right in front of me. So I watched the second one fly away. And then a last, um, a last, uh, a third third bird that was a little darker and a little wobblier than the other two jumped up from the body of that bird and flew away but what was fascinating was that what was left on the ground was nothing and um and so uh, at that moment, when I saw what had happened, I decided I didn't care I was in, if I was in a dangerous neighborhood. I, I got out of the car just to like do a double inspection and the body of the bird was gone. And I, when I was driving by it in the beginning, I saw that this bird's wing was mangled and uh, the other wing was trying to push it up. So I know that that bird was 100% incapacitated and also, um, I've never seen a bird be able to divide itself into three healthy birds and fly away. So I got out of the car, I looked, there was nothing there, and I felt this incredible love, this incredible presence with me. It's hard to describe, but it like, um, it like tingles up and down my body and it's static in my hair. And, and I knew that I was in the presence of something extremely special. And that's the moment that really changed me. Wow. Yeah. I remember reading that in the beginning of your book, too, but I wanted to hear you tell it in person because I mean, and then so as a psychotherapist, too, right, isn't something running through your head like, oh, my God, am I hallucinating? What is going on? Am I am I experiencing my first bout of psychosis? Exactly. No, exactly. You know, it's like, okay, this could be a flashback from my early 20s. You know, (laughs) there was a lot of options at the time. Um, But uh, but yeah, so it was a Really, uh, it was a head and heart explosion of love, and and it was really after that point that the real miracles started happening. Meaning, the deep transformation in my heart and mind, and and like I used to really have, in a sense, a death wish on, on the daily. I would just really hope that that day would be my last. And and after that moment, and after those few days, that thing went away. And uh, there was this new voice inside of me that was, in a sense, calling me to a a different life and and a different way of being. Yeah. And, you know, the other uh, just a side observation that I have of that story of yours, which I always I guess it kind of goes back to some of my early religious teachings from uh, you know, Catholicism is the Trinity, right? The Holy Trinity. Here you are seeing three birds, like the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, you always hear like things come in threes, and here this bird, you know, divided itself into three. It was just a little something that I took note in my own mind of thinking, yeah. oh, there's that Trinity thing again. Yeah, I mean, it's so so randomly, you yeah. know, it's just like, okay, why why three birds? One would have been good. Mm-hmm. One would have been fine. Just get up and fly. I mean, it's just. That would have been a miracle to me, but why three? Yeah, so, yeah, I've had some thoughts about that over the years. I didn't know what to make of it. Oh, but something that's interesting that I didn't put in the book was that when I was doing my angel healing session, 
the the woman touched my shoulder and she said, oh my gosh, you have a bad shoulder. You know, do you have problems with it? And I said, yeah, I do. She said, well, this shoulder's full of rage and anger. And I said, okay, well, you know, it's not hard to figure out why I could be angry or rageful if you kind of understood my history. But she said, no, it's not that. It goes before that. It's, it's, um, it's where your wing was clipped. Oh. I know, right? I didn't <laughs> I know. So then I see this bird with a mangled wing, right? Um, but I didn't put those pieces together until way later, way later. Yeah. Yeah, my, my other thought, too, is like wondering, well, was the bird pregnant? Or was it like three souls that left it? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I know. I can, I can only imagine what your mind was like going through at that moment. Yeah, I know. I went through that, too. But I'm like, wait, birds hatch out of shells. It's not... <laughs> they don't fly out of bodies. Why birds? <laughs> Do birds give birth to triplets just straight out of the womb? Like, how does that work? But it was the fact that there was no body left on the ground. Then I, I was like, okay, I, I can't explain that. And, and it was literally seconds after I had uh, prayed for it. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So this happens, right? And then clearly you go on, you do, you do your meeting, your case, you're going into somebody's house or whatever. <laughs> and how does this begin to transform you? I mean, now you're an author, you're doing, uh, you're teaching classes, you know, you're working with the angels, you're helping people, you're recording meditations. I mean, all the work that you're doing is so beautiful. So take us through the transformation from like that miracle into how you began to really bring the angels more forward into the work that you're doing today. Yes, uh, that was a really long and interesting process because I was walking that tightrope between the you know practical, rational world and the world that was um, colliding with me uh, at the same time. And because I'm a very kind of grounded, practical person, I didn't really talk about that miracle for a while probably a couple of years. I, I mean, I told my husband, but uh, because I'm a psychotherapist, I know if I were to tell most of my friends that I witnessed a bird divide itself into three healthy birds, they would most definitely want to see me hospitalized or on antipsychotics or, you know, they'd be worried about me. So I didn't, I didn't talk about it, but my inner life was transforming majorly. So eventually the, the pressure of the truth caught up with my resistance to owning the truth. And and um, and and so and what started happening was that during my one-on-one -on -one sessions with um, with people, I would start feeling the presence of angels come in really strongly. And what am I just going to deny it? You know. So I would try and tiptoe around it in the beginning, but eventually I just said, "Hey, you want some weird information? And do you want to try something weird?" And then so um, I started doing energy work, angel angel energy work in my practice because I knew. As a psychotherapist, some of this uh, pain that people are towing, um, you know, it could take them 20 years to, to work through some trauma. But I knew from the angel work that it could take like a, like 20 minutes or, or 30 minutes because I had alleviated my suffering just by talking to angels, right? right. So, um, so eventually I started owning it, claiming it. And even though people thought I was probably a little weird at the time, I just, I just had to. And then um, I started hearing, you know, right away I started hearing a different voice inside of me, a voice that was, was really inspiring me to do different things, bigger things, to step out of the box that I was in. Um, but at the time I could never imagine doing what I'm doing now, like, like speaking publicly about angels. It was probably, I would consider that to be my worst nightmare uh, back then. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. 
yeah, it's so exposed and vulnerable. And, and, you know, it's like I spend tens of thousands of dollars on this license and here I am like angels, you know, it's kind of a weird, weird transition, but I was secretly, um, really like sending a bunch of love and juju and angel stuff to like friends and family. And, uh, that was really what I was doing. It just took my outer life a while to catch up to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. I I have the same background as you. I'm a psychotherapist, have a private practice. And over the years, everything has evolved. And there really is this push and pull when you begin to move and awaken on your own spiritual path as a psychotherapist. Um, It's there's so much conflicting with it. Yeah, it's it's so beautifully like comes together with the the art of psychology you know and then but to be able to tap into this this you know healing stuff is just it's amazing to combine the two yet it can be a bit um restrictive too with the fact that there is all this you know licensing and the schooling and okay we have to you know get all these nice student loans together you know to be able to do this and then yeah and then you meet like angels and spirit guides and stuff like that it's like whoa hold on a second people don't need to be in therapy for you know 20 30 years you're absolutely no. right. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I think that that was like a radical thing because I know it worked for me, but when a spirit was guiding me to do it for other people, um, it was a real kind of a leap of faith. But um, I remember one of the first times I used it in my practice, it was with a woman who'd been crying for six months. She was uh, postpartum depression. And she really wanted to die and she wanted to get out of her life and, and she couldn't sleep and all that stuff. So I was like, look, you want to try something weird. And you know, when people are desperate enough, they will try anything. Right. So she was like, sure, why not? And, um, after that first session, everything stopped. She stopped crying. She was able to sleep. She messaged me a few days later saying, I've never, I mean, thank you so much. Cause you know, so, cause she was enjoying her baby. And, um, and so I was like, look, I, you have an obligation, um, when you're a therapist to, to help. And, and if I knew, you know, because I knew that was the fastest way to help, that's when I started really owning it. And I don't know if this happened to you, but when I started owning it, that's when my practice came, became over full. Yes. Right. (laughs) That's what's so cool about, about the spiritual path thing, because if you start listening to that other voice, instead of the voice of fear and start moving in those really ballsy directions, you know, uh, really cool things happen. Yes, they do. They do. And I feel like, you know, uh, when you answer the call, there is that support right behind you, you know, that you really, there's no such thing as failure. You can't fail with all of that support uh, guiding you when you really are just, you know, living your purpose and your call and you're connected to it. Um, Because it's, it's all about abundance. You know, it's, it's there for you, for everyone. So, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing to see it transform. And you are one of these living people that are showing us how it's done. So I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Who would know? Who would yeah. know? So let's talk a little bit about this magical book, um, you know, the 21 Day Angel Experiment. It's uh, basically, well, I'll, I'll let you explain it, but it's a, it's a 21, um, you know, experiment for people to try on. So why don't you explain what this is exactly if people want to do it and purchase the book? What are you taking the reader through in these 21 days? 
Right. Well, it's definitely, it's a step-by-step process, a methodical process of opening up your life to the reality of angels. This is not faith-based. I didn't learn about angels through faith. I learned about angels through practicality, through intervention, through feeling, experiencing, and seeing the work that they do. So I'm really developed this book and many of my other programs to do just that, to just open up your field so that your awareness can be plugged into this amazing, uh, amazing realm of helpers that are here for us. So um, we do daily invocations. It's essentially a daily practice, probably about 10 to 15 minutes a day is all it takes, you know, um, like one of those fitness, fitness, 30 day fitness programs kind of thing. It's like an angel fitness uh, program. But I walk you through an invocation that was channeled by the, that the angels brought to me and then a meditation activation and healing that uh, the angels kind of showed me. So each day I sat with the angels and I said, okay, what are we doing for day one? What are we doing for day two? And some of the days I actually was trying to debate with them. Like, are you sure you don't want to do forgiveness today? And they're like, we're not doing forgiveness. And I'm like, okay, well, what kind of angels are you that you don't want to do forgiveness? You know? So there was, there was some back and forth, uh-huh. <laughs> back and forth, there was a little hot debate here and there. But um, this, this book started as a 21 day course that I released to a international audience and I was going to do a different project but then the angels kind of like came in and said no we're going to do this uh, we're going to do this right now and it's at the beginning of December and they framed it as an angel holiday and that they wanted to give 21 gifts to to the people and they said they wanted me to create this uh, these gifts for them and so each day is a gift literally from the angels um, and so the first time we released it, incredible things started happening for people. And of course, like, I just love angels so much because I get to hear about all these cool things and miracles and just fun, fun things that happen for people. But what's so amazing is just watching people kind of, um, turn the light on about this reality. And it's not just, uh, just about, you know, these winged beings in a book somewhere. It's they're right here, right now, ready to show us all how real they are. Yeah. And one of the thing that, um, you know, as you were kind of saying, the angels were saying, no, we're going to do it this way. I have found that when they show up in my sessions or they're really wanting to work with someone or talk with someone or during an, an energy healing, they have very direct instructions. It's like when angels come in, I don't want to say that they're bossy, but it's kind of like, you will do this, 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 or it's so, or maybe it's just so clear that, Mm -hmm. you know, I can hear them, but they're very directive, if that makes sense. Uh, Yes, it really does. And again, like that's, that's how I learned doing angel work really is just by being guided to do you know they would just tell me what to do for someone and a lot of the practices and energy work i'd never seen or done before so uh, so yeah just i find the more you listen the better things turn out yeah and there was another thing um that i wanted to talk about um things that i had learned a little bit where i've never heard of these different orders that you mentioned about the orders of principalities the order of the virtues the order of the seraphim and the order of the cherubim if i'm saying that correctly um so and i've heard of some of the other archangels that you mentioned in here that we work with in the book you know archangel michael azriel uh shamuel uriel ariel 
I don't know, Raguel, I don't know if I'm getting them, Metatron, he's one of the big, the big wigs, I call him. Um, but can you talk a little bit more about what these orders are and how they came to work with you and what you've learned about uh, these different orders? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it just depends on the program that I'm running. I wouldn't consider myself an, um, an expert on the orders. It just depends on who shows up. And, uh, and so, so one way that the angels have shown me or described the orders or described kind of like the hierarchy is if you think of source or God as like the ultimate oneness, and then let's, and then as that oneness begins dividing itself, it becomes like, let's say like a rainbow. And if you think of each one of those lights of the rainbow as an archangel, um, then inside of that ray of light are millions of beings that hold that frequency and then execute those plans, if that makes sense. So, so cherubim um, are historically related to Archangel Chamuel, and so he would lead up the cherubim. And and one way the Archangel Michael showed me this exact thing is that I was talking to Archangel Michael, calling him in. I was sitting in a parking lot at like Ralph's in some grocery store, and I saw this ray of light start coming down from the sun. And so as this as the ray of light came down, it was more like it started shaping itself like a cone. And as I saw the cone, it started looking like a being. And so I knew that I, I felt that this was Archangel Michael and and his ray or his frequency. Um, and then as he got bigger and bigger, it's like the outer part of the ray was like became like a robe that opened up and then inside of the robe were all of these little littler angels that started looking like they were flowing out over the planet and so um so whatever we call them or name them i I, you know who who knows really because these go beyond bible i believe the angels are you know they they were around before the bible before all religion they just have been here for a long time and um And so each has their frequency and their job. Hmm. Yeah. And I I really like working with the energy of Shamuel. So I I didn't even know that there was a connection between the two. So that's kind of cool for me to learn as well. Interesting. Interesting. You're kind of into the cherubim, aren't you? I guess I am. And I didn't know. But remember, that was like the first question I asked before we got onto the show. I was like, well, what's this cherubim thing? Yeah. thing about that and what I'm feeling into is like some people incarnate for certain frequencies and so when you have an identity or an affinity with like one specific angel or an order so maybe like you're really into love and you're here to bring love some people are here to just bring wisdom right they're just going to bring wisdom and that's their number one frequency so if you have like Archangel Chamuel who helps with love and helps with peace and helps with a lot of things. Um, but you could be just really connecting with your angel posse. You know, it's like, Hey, I'm one of, one of these guys. I I roll with these guys. I love the seraphim. Like I feel an identity with the seraphim. So, yeah. And so do you want to talk a little bit more about the seraphim just in case of other people listening? Um, seraphim are hard to talk about it's more like a presence that i feel they're very illuminated very bright and they feel very powerful but they're like for me they come as little fire beings and they light up the room and they really help um elevate and lift lift the low energy into like one of what's the word i want to say wisdom wisdom or or power but in a good way not like gross power 
perverted mm-hmm. power, but a power of love and connection with source. Awesome. And then how about the virtues? Order of the virtues. You know, I don't know the virtues as well as as well. So I, I've mostly worked with cherubim and um and the uh and the seraphim. Okay. And so yeah. Well, and you know, when I when I read a little bit about your description of the virtues um, in your book about them, is that they work closely with humans to support miracles and manifestation. And then my first thought went to the Course in Miracles, <laughs> um, you know, and some of that work too about how you know if miracles are not happening, something is wrong. And you know, I mean, on your on your homepage too of your website, you're like, you're not alone. Miracles are real. You know, there's there's no what do they say? There's no difficulty in the order of miracles. Um, is what the Course in Miracles talks interesting, about. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. 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 So different people have different resonances with the different beings. Like some people really focus on guardian angels. I just always had an affinity for archangels. And then, but with angelmas, um, I feel like it's the only program where some of the orders came through. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm thinking of. So, yeah, but you know, I just go with it and just (laughs) write down what, what, what I'm seeing, feeling and doing. And, and then, you know, they give me the next day. Yeah. Well, I have to say one of the things that I really love about your style about this book is that you really do make it easy. Um, that, you know, it's like, so when I was taking the course, I had the book, I had your daily newsletter uh, that was sending actually the message. So like, if I'm not reading the book, I didn't pick up the book, but I got the email. We had the little prayer in there. And then you also had a link to actually listen to the guided meditation that you have, because you have a meditation for each day in the book, but then you also record it and you also um, allow people to go on and download that and listen to it. And I have to say, because I'm an extremely busy person, that I was so happy to see that it, they were only about like five minutes long, three, three to five minutes long, you know, maybe a little bit, a little bit over five minutes or so, but it was something so easy and manageable that it became my morning routine. It was what I did before I got out of bed. Um, yes, I grabbed my cell phone when the alarm goes off and I went in, but I checked for my angel day. I read it. I listened. I closed my eyes and then I went forward. Um, and so I have to say like day one, two, three, bam things were just happening left and right so there's wow. a part of, yeah there's a part of me that was thinking like okay what's going on is it really that easy you know there's I'm very much of an open-minded skeptic I live in this world yet when I apply it to myself I'm always like hmm interesting um, but one of the things that I found that I would say to our listeners is what is important is journaling the experience because uh, there were days I did not journal and I forgot some of the stuff that happened and it kind of brought me off track. But then those days where I was journaling back to back, the intensity, the momentum and the energy was so much I don't want to say stronger, but it carried a momentum, a different momentum than when I forgot to journal on the the couple of days through the 21 days. So I wasn't totally diligent, but I think it's a must. And I have to tell people you should journal (laughs) 21 days. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's part of the experiment because our little minds want to go back to sleep. Our little brains, they just want to focus on our responsibilities and we we can, and we go, it's so easy to fall back into that state of what's anesthesia. And so that's why, yeah, the journaling is so, 
important because those little pebbles that that happen they might might seem like small events at the time but they do add up right. uh, over over the days and then um, like I said it's really important for the work that I do be experiential not just hey I'm here to tell you angels are real but hey you try it for yourself and then you tell me <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so here's another thought that I have, and I'm not saying that you're going to have an answer to this. And this is me just constantly always, um, just wondering about this world that we're living in, you know, and this magic and these miracles. But so there's sometimes that skeptical part of me that comes in and says, okay, well, I do have this belief system in angels and I've experienced the magic of them and I do believe them to be true. But then there's this other side of me where I've talked to more of the scientists, the physicists, the people who are studying the laws of the universe and law of attraction and that, you know, energy follows thought and that our thoughts create and manifest our reality. So then I sometimes find myself in this huge tug of war of saying, well, is it really an angel or is it just my thought that created the illusion of an angel? Or, you know, am I just manifesting my reality to be more filled with love? And I'm using this being as a metaphor to channel that. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm seeing this rainbow or my focus and my energy today is on connecting with this certain angel. And I'm looking for it or it's in my energy field and it manifests but how do I know if it's really an angel or if it's just my thought my consciousness creating my reality and that's where I struggle all the time sometimes with this stuff yeah you know it's not it sounds like you still feel like they're mutually exclusive and I I feel like I've come to a place where it's all the same thing Mm -hmm. and um we're not separate from angels or from, you know, it's all a matter of perspective. And if it helps people to believe it's a focus of their mind, just to do it anyways, you know, if it helps people to believe they're separate entities, then do it. But all I'm saying is just, it's important to do it. So, um, and I know what you're saying, because I'm a, I'm a depth psychologist, which means I studied archetypes. And so, so some, some people will, will think of these, uh, angels as internal beings and, you know, just figments of your imagination that you can use and tap the resources. Um, my position is that it doesn't matter as long as as long as you're witnessing the outer effect. So they could just be vehicles. But here's something else I want to say is that the individual, you and I, are not smarter than the collective across the globe. So when you have every tradition, every religion, every culture saying that there are beings that are benevolent and here to help us, then I'm more likely to go, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm not that powerful. Maybe there is something more powerful than I am out there. Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, too. And I would agree with all that. That's usually what I (laughs) come back around to is that that collectiveness, consciousness. And I remember um, one of my teachers had said to me, of course, like, and it's a teacher that busts my beliefs all the time, which is a good thing, (laughs) because he says, you know, don't believe in anything, you know, belief gets you nowhere, just you have to have the experience of it. Um, But I remember him saying, uh, this training that I went to that he was like, well, if you need to believe that you have to pray to an angel to bring this healing forth for a person, well, then use that angel to bring that healing forth to that person. But he was kind of teaching and saying what you just said earlier, which is that force, that that source is already within you. 
it's all the intention, right? It's the intention that moves the consciousness, that moves the healing. But sometimes in a very 3D physical world, in order for our minds to wrap around the ability to bring this energy forward, it can help to think that there's this angel being the facilitator can't possibly come from me. How dare I be that powerful? You know, Well, I definitely had to go through that. And I think it was very humbling for me to witness a bird divide into three because there's no way I'm going to say I did that. Mm-hmm. I know that something there's there's something bigger that is waiting to um, really I feel like it's um, what do you call it? like a co-creation, like we have a team with us. And, and when you learn to acknowledge that, uh, things really change. Now also what also benefits me is not, uh, I don't need to believe I'm the center of the universe. Right? So some people really need to believe they're the center of the universe and that's great. But what helps me because I always had a really low self-esteem, what just was easier for me to go, definitely a bigger force that divided that into, into three, that bird into three, not me. And so I learned to trust my connection with spirit before I trusted myself and my own decision-making. And, um, and you know, it's just, it's, it's very helpful, but, uh, yeah, I can believe, I can believe in both ways, but I've done this work long enough and I've seen enough to, to know that it doesn't matter as long as you're getting your external results, Right. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And so do you also think that maybe the witnessing of the bird helped you to also comprehend the power of the divine that is there for us to have access to? Oh, absolutely. That's where the game changed for me because it was, it was, there's no room for doubting. I mean, I, I tried to doubt. I tried to go, okay, well, maybe the birds hatched magically from the <laughs> belly. Of the, <laughs> maybe she brought the nest with her and I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that was my first real uh, grasp that we are not alone. And, and it, it moved from figment of my imagination, which synchronicity is like, okay, maybe I'm just doubt, maybe it's a coincidence, maybe it's all a coincidence, into actual proof for me that uh, there's something, something far bigger um, out there. And anything and everything became possible for me after that. I just thought, well, gosh, if that's possible, anything is possible as long as I kind of stay engaged and ask for help and, and, and open my life more and more to this beautiful power. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so wonderful. I'm so glad our paths have crossed that I have your book with me now. I, and I'm down to one, but I'm always going to keep this one that I have because it's also <laughs> something you can just constantly go back to, you know, if, if you need a little tune up or need to feel reconnected with the angels. And I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more of some of the things that you have going on. I know you have a really cool retreat that's coming up in February. And I'm sure after people listen to this podcast, they're going to want to find you on your Facebook page, get the book and attend some of your training. So let's let our audience know what you have coming up in 2020. Oh, great. Yes. Well, one of the life, most life saving and changing things uh, about working with the angels was that I, I was guided to do a deep dive in my own intuition and healing abilities and learning how to work with angels. Like they guided me to really dive deep into that and, 
And um, when I started taking actions towards really developing my own intuitive mastery and really learning how to discern angels and how to work with angels energetically in the room, how to heal myself, how to heal others, that that uh, is really what kept my path moving. So I love training and teaching um, intuitive healing, intuitive angel healing to other folk. So, um, so that's really the other part of what I do besides opening them up to angels. Now it's like, well, now that you have contact with angels, let's rock together. And so at the end of February, February 28th at 1440 Multiversity in Santa Cruz, which is a beautiful 75 acre property. Um, it's an all inclusive retreat and it's three days of angel awesomeness. I'm going to be holding an intuitive angel healing retreat there. And so people will definitely learn the deep dive, the fast track to working with angels and doing healing work and healing their, their own lives and themselves. And I love doing these for people because the magic is potent and, and palpable. And I love teaching people not just how to move energy, but how to feel the presence of their angels with them. And so by the end of those three days, a lot of good stuff is going to happen. Oh, it sounds beautiful. I wish I lived closer. Are you ever coming to the East Coast to New York? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, I have people flying in from like Germany. So you should, you should, you're halfway there. You're halfway there. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll keep following you and see where you're going to be. I mean, you're yeah, stuck with some, me now. <laughs> I have some students out there. They're trying to get me to go out to New York. I have to decide between New York and UK. Uh, so maybe I will. I'll let you know. Okay, let me know because I can find some venues for you as well really? up here in upstate Ooh. New York. It's beautiful Ooh. in the Adirondacks. I have a whole host of healers and people that um, you know have these beautiful spaces. So yes, keep me in mind. I'll do whatever I can to bring you here. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so great to know. Yes, yes. All right, Corinne. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing your angel juju to all of us and to many, many more. And I know that our podcast here is going to uh, share the angels with so many of our listeners. So keep doing what you're doing. Uh, love your energy, love your work. And I hope to have you back. Keep us in mind. You have oh, other books yeah. coming out. Would love to have you back on as a guest. Oh, thank you so much, April. Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out of body experiences and life changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on 
on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today. 